Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. I'm speaking on the word tapestry. I want to talk about that word today, tapestry. Everybody say tapestry with me. Okay, let's do a little word association here. You ready? Okay, if I say Persian, you say... Most people would say cat. I've got, a, I've got a very knowledgeable crowd here, or you didn't know what I'm preaching. <laughs> Veterans would say Gulf, Persian Gulf. Well, you might have thought cat. You might have, if you was a veteran, thought Gulf. But when I hear the word Persian, I do think rug. I never owned one. And probably never will. I hear they're nice, <laughs> but I surely have seen them. And you know it's much more than a carpet. You know that. It is a work of art. Years ago, there was a missionary to India by the name of Amy Carmichael. She died in 1951. And for many years, a Christian missionary to the country of India gave her life for the cause of Christ. And she wrote about the incredible process that produces these masterpieces. Now, you've got to try to picture this in your mind. There's two sets of workmen sitting on a bench. On one side of the carpet, which is hanging from the beam above. So there's a there's carpet hanging down from this beam, and there's, there's workmen sitting on one side of that carpet. And on the other side of that, of that hanging down is a designer. A designer stands on the other side, and he holds the pattern in his hand, and he directs the workers by calling across to them what they're supposed to do with the next thread. It's almost somewhat like a chant. I wished I could kind of do it, but I'm not, I'm not Indian, and so I really can't do that chant. But when the workmen's chant back to the designer the word that is heard, they verify simply the order that he has placed to them. And then the workman cuts from whatever bobbin has been ordered, and he pushes that thread through the carpet warp, and he knots it on his side. All he can see, folks is the thread that he pushed through and knotted. He sees nothing of the pattern until the carpet is finished because that's all in the designer's hands. But when he finally sees what all these commands and all these threads have made, many times he cannot even believe his own eyes that he has produced such a beautiful, such an artistic, such a glorious, glorious face on the design side of the rug. Romans 8 and 28 says, We know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and who have been called according to His purpose. Everybody say all things. Work together for good. And it didn't say that all things are good. It didn't say that all things would turn out good. But it said all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. Now, in his, in his, the Lord's hands, is the pattern. 
He has this pattern. What the masterpiece will look like when it's finished. And I promise you right now it's beautiful. But he's the only one who can see the whole pattern. Only God can see the whole pattern. He says in Jeremiah 29, I know the plans that I have for you. They're plans for good and not for evil. They're plans to prosper you. Hallelujah. I know the plans. When we built this church on my office, we wrote scriptures all over this church. This church is surrounded. You're standing on scriptures right now. And I wrote in my office, Jeremiah 29 and 11, I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil. Plans to bless you and plans to prosper you. The Bible says as for God, his way, everybody say his way, is perfect. So, okay, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be good. He's working out the eternal tapestry for your life right now. But we're just like those workmen on the other side. We're on the backside of the rug running the thread through the fabric. And we can't see the pattern. All we can see is the next thread. And our job, according to Romans 8 and 14, is those who are led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. They are the sons of God. So our job is to be led. How? Psalms 119 says, direct my footsteps according to your word. Because your word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my pathway. Show me from your word where that next step is. The next step, the next thread. I'm not worried about the design. I just want to know what I need to do now. The designer's on the other side giving directions that will bring me one step, one thread closer to what we call the grand design. And yet when I'm working, some of the threads that I use are dark. They really are. And some of the threads that I use don't make sense. And some of the threads that I use don't seem to fit the pattern. Oh, I want to preach today. And some look wrong to me. But you ought to understand, I'm just the workman. I'm not the designer. My job, whatever dark thread I throw through, whatever things that don't make sense, whatever things that don't seem to fit the pattern, whatever thing that seems to look wrong, it's my job to run the thread through the fabric. My job is not the design. But my job is to trust the designer. Not to understand every order that is given to me. Persian workers choose nothing that goes into the rug. They leave all the choices, say all the choices, to the designer. And their responsibility is simply to listen and to obey and so is ours. So today, today, everybody say today. Say this is the day the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. So today, I have in my hand another thread in the tapestry. And my mission and your mission, fellow weaver, is to check with the Lord frequently and to consult His Word faithfully and to listen for His inner spirit promptings regularly. It's not your mission to know or understand all that's going on in life. But the grand Macro, if I can call it, the macro will for God, of God for your earth journey is made up of thousands of micro wills, thousands of little threads, thousands of little obediences that turn into this huge macro will of God. 
See, who would have dreamed that Joseph's tapestry would include a thread of the pit? Is that what dreams get you? Is that where you go when you have dreams in a pit, just a pit in the field of Dothan with some brothers that are bent on revenge? But we know the end result. We see the other side of the rug. But in that pit, he couldn't see it. Joseph, it's beautiful on this other side. Just wait and see. Or that other pit, after having been sold to the Ishmaelites and taken to Egypt, would end up in Potiphar's house and accused of a deed that he never did. And that Potiphar's wife's lie would land him in a prison. And for 17 years, he'd live in a dungeon, waiting for the tapestry to come to fruition. Try to encourage that. Try to sing a song to that. Try to preach to that. But he got to the palace, folks. He made it to the palace. He got there. Even after he prophesied to a baker that died after three days and to a butler that forgot him when he was, when he was promoted, he's still staying after an extra two years looking back at his life, seeing the other side of the rug, his family coming to him for help, his brothers acknowledging his place in God's kingdom. It looks different from the designer's side than it does from the worker's side. And today, some of you have gone through a long holiday. I'm preaching to you right now. And it's been dreary and it's been lonely because holidays can get lonely when you're by yourself. Holidays don't always work just right when you're by yourself. But you've brought your thread today, hadn't you, huh? You've brought your thread today. And on Sunday morning, you're going to weave another fabric. You're going to put it through the fabric one more time. You're going to bless the Lord at all times. You're going to praise Him with your mouth. You're going to praise Him with your whole heart because you understand the grand design is going on right now. And even though I don't see the other side, I'm going to give Him what I have to give Him today. Come on, clap your hands for that. Oh, I feel the Lord. Amen. He was never out of God's sight. He was never out of God's will. The Bible said when all these things were happening and God was with Joseph. Put your hand on your chest and say, God's with me. Woo, hallelujah. I may be going through hell this week, but God's with me. I may have lost some things in my life this week, but God is with me. My kids may be going crazy, but God is with me. My home may be a mess right now, dysfunctional right now, but God is with me. I believe with everything in my heart that God is with me. Or how about Job? How about Job? How about Job? Who would have dreamed that 4,000 years later, we would be telling his beautiful story. His 42 chapters would be highlight preaching. His 42 chapters would be worship preaching. His 42 chapters would be dynamic preaching. His 42 chapters would be overcoming preaching. His 42 chapters was you can make it preaching. His 42 chapters was don't give up preaching. Wow, what a rug, what a tapestry, what a covering for people who are suffering. Lost health and lost kids and lost sheep and lost camel and lost wealth. God, I don't understand these threads that I'm putting through the rug. The colors are dark. I don't understand them. They're bleak. They're without any continuity. All I see is tide knots. All I see is bleakness. Job, that's the worker side. But one day, you're going to see the designer side. And the designer side simply says, I know my Redeemer liveth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who would have thought that a pot of boiling oil to John the Baptist, or John the Beloved, pardon me, would be the threads of revelation? Who would have thought that? John, you're hurting. John, you've been burned. 
They tried to kill him in that oil, but there was a law of double jeopardy. They couldn't take his life the second time. John, you've suffered, but put that thread in the rug. Keep putting that thread in the rug. Tell the people, I am he that liveth. Tell the people, I am he that was dead. And tell them, behold, I'm alive forevermore. And tell them, I have the keys of death and hell and the grave. Tell them, John, tell them. I'm here to tell you, Joseph is alive today. I'm here to tell you, Job is alive today. I'm here to tell you, John's alive today. But they kept putting the thread through the fabric when they couldn't see the other side of the design. On holidays like this, I think about my sweet mom. Now, many of you folks do not know my mom, but my mom was so special. She was hardline. She wore me out. When I was 60, she wore me out. When I was 62, she wore me out. She preached to me like I didn't have enough sense to get in out of the rain. And I honor her today. But I'll never forget the last few months that she lived. In fact, the last year that she lived. Some of the things that she talked to me about, we'd have these long talks. I'd go by and see her and we'd have these long talks. She lived up the road here on, on Westgate. And I'd go by and see my mom and I'd go and talk to her and she'd go to cry. And mama cried a lot. She really did. She, she had a lot of pain. Mama had 19 major surgeries in her life. And I'm not, I'm not saying that that's a lot, but that's a whole lot more than I've had. And mama, mama went through a lot, of, a lot of pain. She liked to die when she had me. I'm so glad she didn't because I wouldn't be here if she'd have died. But the bottom line is that mama, mama got to a place where she couldn't walk. Mama got to a place where she couldn't feed herself. She got to a place where she couldn't bathe herself. She got to a place where she couldn't even get in and out of a car. You had to take her and lift her and put her inside of a car, then swing her legs in. And you had to do all this stuff. And she had fall in the middle of the night at 2.30 in the morning. I'd be over there picking her up and say, Mama, what are you doing at 2.30? You should be in bed. Good people go to bed. You always told me nothing good happens after 12 o'clock. Well, son, I, just, I had to write some cards. I had to do some stuff. And, and one day she looked at me and she said, Son, what good am I doing in this world? Why has God still got me here? Why does he still have me here? And I, I was privileged to tell her, Mama, I don't know the grand design. I don't understand it all. I don't know what's on the other side. But I do know this, Mom. I do know this. There's a lot of people that know that when you come in in that wheelchair and they understand, Mom, when you come in that church and you're pushed by somebody else and they realize that you didn't get to dress yourself and you didn't clean yourself up and you didn't even get to feed yourself, Mama, when they see you roll in, they understand that you're still putting that thread through the fabric, Mama. You're still putting that thread through the fabric, Mama. You're still doing it. You're still, you're still saying, I don't understand what's on the other side. I don't know. But the day she died, I guarantee you, when she got up on the other side and she looked at what the other side looked like, I guarantee she said, oh, my God, I'm so glad I kept putting the thread through the fabric and I kept hearing the voice of God saying, go on, go on, go on. Keep doing what you know to do. It's right. I have a dear, I have a dear pastor. I have a dear pastor friend. He's my mentor. And he has Parkinson's so bad. And I talked to him this week. He used to be, well, I would just call him the most handsome man that ever preached the gospel probably. He was so nice looking that women came, didn't care what he preached. They didn't care what he preached. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. My aunt used to hear him. She's not even a church woman. She used to go hear him preach. Just sit on the front row. She could look at him. She's lost, folks. She's lost. You hear me? Woman's lost. 
But I called him this week, wished him a happy Thanksgiving, told him how much I loved him. And he can't, he can't talk good over the phone. If, if I'm with him, I can read his lips and I can understand what he's saying. But he said, son, I got this out of him. I, I just kind of figured this is what he was saying. I, he said, son, I, I, still get, I still get thoughts. I get thoughts. I want to pray. And I can't pray. What, what good am I to get thoughts? And I can't preach. And I told him, Pop, keep getting those thoughts. And if Mama Tigger can write them down, let her write them down and send them to me because I'll preach the fire out of them. Come on. Come on. Come on, you got to keep threading it. You got to keep pushing the needle through the fabric. You got to keep doing it. It doesn't matter. You know, I, I saw people walk in on canes today. I saw people being pushed in wheelchairs today. I saw people on walkers today. And my God, I wish I could fix all of that. I really, really wish I could. I wish God to say, everybody be healed. And you walk out and you're just jumping and shouting. But I know one day, I know one day, I know one day on the other side of this design, I know one day we're going to look back when we all got our health and we all got our victory and we all got our glorified body we all got joy in our hearts we're going to say I understand now why it was important to push the needle through the fabric of life so some of these building this building they may be missing their destiny you may have imagined life one way and it's coming to you another way and because life has backdoored you and you're on the worker side of the tapestry. You think God has cheated you. You hear the chants of the Holy Ghost. And you continue to put the thread through the tapestry. But it's been a long time since you understood God's purpose in all of this. <clears throat> but I'm going to tell you about it in just a little bit. I learned a lot from being raised on a farm. I was raised as a sharecropper son for the first 10 years of my life. We had 40 acres of dry land farm. And then we also raised corn. <clears throat> I love corn. I can eat corn right now. I could eat it right now. When we had those things, summer nights, and we had those roasted corns out here, I could have ate six of them. But I didn't get any of them because I knew if I got started, you wouldn't have any. That's the way it was. But I learned a lot from being raised. Dad taught me memorable lessons. We raised, we, like I said, we raised corn. And he one day explained how when a farmer harvests his corn... The end row may get knocked down when he turns the corner from one row to another. And that leaves some corn stalks knocked down, lying horizontal and broken. And they're often in the shade of a stalk. Hear me now, that's standing very near it. Stay with me now. But Dad told me, don't count that stalk that's laying down out yet. He said, because there's a thing called pollinization, son. And the pollen from the overshadowing stalk, corn stalk, filters down to the broken corn. And amazingly, the plant that has everything going against it starts developing another crop. And it eventually, you'll be able to pick corn from off the knock-down stalk. That's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We may be perplexed, but we're not in despair. We may be persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We may be cast down, but we are not destroyed.
Just keep putting the dark thread. Keep putting the thread you don't understand. Keep putting the gnarly thread. Keep tying the knots because you never know what you're designing on the other side. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians. He said of the Jews five times, I received 40 stripes, save one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep. I've been in journeys often. Perils of water, perils of robbers, perils of my own countrymen, and perils of the heathen, and perils in the city, perils in the wilderness, and perils in the sea, perils among false brethren. Boy, he had some perils, didn't he? Not pearls, but perils. In weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches, who is weak, and I am not weak, who is offended, and I burn not. This is how Paul wrapped it up. If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern mine infirmities. I have never asked this church to do this in 24 years of pastoring here. Never. I've never asked you to stand up and clap your hands because you have a sickness in your body. Or because you have a family that's dysfunctional. Or because you have something in your mind that's causing you problems. Or that you have some pain in your past that won't give up. You've got some infirmities in your life. But Paul said, if I'm going to glory, I'm going to glory because of my infirmities. What he's saying is, I don't see the other side yet. But I'm going to praise him anyhow. I wonder if anybody in this house could stand on their feet right now in the middle of this sermon. And just glory God, glorify God in your infirmities right now. Come on. Come on. Lift it up. Lift it up right now. I know I may have some mental problems. I know I may be having some difficulties here. I may have some physical problems. I may have some maladies in my life. But I will glory. I will glory not in the fact that he's healed me. But in the fact that I can praise him in my infirmities. Come on, praise him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. You may be seated. I don't understand why God doesn't heal everyone. I don't get it. But if you see this side of the tapestry, if you see the designer side, if you see the side of workmanship, if you see the side of the designer's touch, it could be like Paul, I glory in my infirmities. You see, Paul was stoned one day at Lystra. And I believe when they thought he was dead, he got a, he got a trip. The Bible said... 14 years later, are you with me now? 14 years later, he said, I know a man. Whether it be in flesh or spirit, I know not. But I know a man that was transported to the third heaven. Amen? The third heaven. This is the heaven we see. Then there's the war in heaven. And then there's a heaven that we're going to someday. Amen? That's the third heaven. And Paul said, I know a man. 
I don't know whether he's the spirit of flesh, but he, he got carried away to that third and he saw things that were unmentionable, things that he couldn't even tell. And Paul was a gifted writer, but he said, I saw things, I observed things that were absolutely unbelievable. And 14 years later, he tried to declare them, but he understood that when he saw the other side of the designer, when he saw the glory that was to come, when he saw the things that were always going to like, be like they always were, they wasn't, they're going to be changed someday. When he saw that there was a difference from this side and the other side, he came back and he said, I will glory in my infirmities because I have seen the other side of what the designer has in mind. And I will tell you right now, you hear this pastor, I don't preach about it often, but there is a heaven. There is a heaven. It's not always here and now. It's not always right now. It's not always issues and problems and suffering and trouble and pain and hurt. One of these days, this body is going to be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And we're going to be carried away to be with Him in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Oh! This preacher believes in a hereafter. I believe on the other side of the designer's rug is awesomeness. It's heaven. It's beautiful. There's two things I've learned about life. Number one, it's not fair. Life is not fair. I wish I could park all the wheelchairs in this church. I wish I could run all the diseases out of town. I wish all families could be at peace together. I wish all dads and sons could get on the same page. I wish all moms and daughters could come together. But I've learned that life's not fair. But there's something else I've learned about life also. It's not final. It's not final. It's not final. It's not final. final. I had a 36-year-old woman, a beautiful woman. When I say beautiful, I'm not talking about physical beauty necessarily. I'm talking about a beautiful person. She was 36 years old when she died of horrible cancer in her body. She became so ghastly before she died that she had this tumor growing on her shoulder that looked like almost another head on her shoulder. And the day she died, I'll never forget I walked into her room. And uh, I'm not trying to be morbid today. I'm just telling you folks that there's a, there's a heaven coming one day. Mm. And I had lost my wife some two years before that. And I, I walked into that room to see her, 36 years old. She said, come here, Pastor. She patted my hand. She said, I'm going to tell you something. She said, I know you've never been there, but I'm fixing to go there. She said, I've always been afraid of crossing the Jordan River because I can't swim. But say, when I got to the Jordan this morning, she said, I looked across and I saw a bunch of people robed in white on the other side. I'm sorry. I'm just preaching this way today because I don't want you people to think that it's all going to end here when we ship your body and put you in a grave. It ain't going to end here. Not for us. No, 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 not for us. Keep threading. Come on, put that thread through that fabric. Keep telling God I love you. Keep telling God I'm going to walk for you. Keep telling God I'm going to endure. Come on, keep telling him. Say, I don't understand, but I'm going to put another thread through the fabric. I'm going to do it one more time. She said, and then all of a sudden, 
I saw your wife and your boy. And they were standing on the other side of the river. And they were saying, come on. It's not even deep. Come on. Come on. You can make it. And said, Pastor, as soon as you walk out of my room today, I intend to give it a try. And as I was praying for her, she as Ronald Reagan said, slipped the surly bonds of earth and reached out and, cut and kissed the face of God. And she walked across that river. And I'm here to tell you something. She looked back to this side. She said, I don't want that anymore. I'll just stay over here on this side. Here's what I'm trying to tell you, folks. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. You're walking through some trials and difficulties right now, but just keep praising God, even your infirmities. Come on, just keep magnifying God because one day you're going to be on the other side and all this is going to be behind you and all this is going to be past and all this is going to be away from you and you're going to see the designer's touch. You're going to see the glory of everything you've been working for on this side. Someday the dull will become brilliant. Someday the mundane will become majestic. Someday the struggles will be replaced by the sensational. And the pain will be replaced by his presence. Our mere existence will be lost in his eternality. So Daniel, keep facing the den of lions. Hebrew boys, keep walking in the fire. There's someone with you. Giving instructions even in the heat of life. Woman who wants to be avenged of your adversaries, keep knocking on the door. Keep glorying God in your infirmities. Keep pushing the thread through the fibers because God is with you. A young man in our church who is very gifted wrote this for the church and wrote it for me. And After first service, he said, I'll work with blistered hands. I'll work with tattered threads. I'll tie these knots as best I can but take my darkest yarn and stain it red. Take my weary days and all my sleepless nights. Help me do your good work till I see the other side. Take these ribbons of fear and turn them into cords of peace. Though my brow sweats and fingers bleed, tie me to the dream and design you have for me. One day when like a scroll the sky rolls up and trumpets sound, my life like a tapestry is turned around. I'll see a vision of the king in me, a lion. And a crown. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody to glory God right now in your infirmities. Come on, glorify God. Come on. Let's just glorify God a little bit in our infirmities right now. Come on, let's just praise Him a little. Let's praise Him in our infirmities right now. Come on, just praise Him right now. It's going to be better. It's going to get better. It's going to be wonderful one day. God is going to take care of His church. Tapestry. I'm asking our music pastor to come. You may be seated. I'm closing. In the Northeast, codfish are big commercial business in the Northeast. But they're in big demand in California. We got a problem. Because the West Coast doesn't have codfish. The Northeast does and the West Coast doesn't, but the West Coast like to eat them. How to get them from the East Coast to the West Coast and stay fresh, that's the problem of entrepreneurs. So the first thing they tried was freezing those codfish, but they lost their flavor and they thawed them out. Then they tried to ship them in salt water, but they got to California. They were soft and mushy and uneatable. So finally, a creative man, a fisherman that dealt with them and their environment came up with a solution. 
I want to tell you, no one knows how to deal with people to get them to the other side like a man who works with people of God in their environment. I'm working with you today. He said, put the codfish, listen to me now, in a tank of water with their natural predator and their natural enemy, the catfish. And that catfish chased those codfish in that container inside of an 18-wheeler the whole way to California and never caught them. And when they arrived in California, the codfish were fresh, they were firm, and they were full of life. We are God's codfish. The devil is a catfish. He's our natural enemy. But greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Don't ever resent because hell chases you. Come to church every Sunday and say, hey, preacher, I'm still here. Come to church every Wednesday night and say, hey, pastor, I'm still in the land of the living. God's still for me because I'm going to glory in my infirmities. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to praise him. I don't understand everything that's going on in my world, but when I get there, I'm going to be fresh. I'm going to be firm, strong, full of life. I'll see the other side of this tapestry. Because I'm going to finish my assignment. Anybody here want to join me and say, I'll finish my assignment? Pastor, raise your hand all over the house. Come on, I'll finish. I'm going to finish this thing that I started, Pastor. That's all I got to say to you today. Tapestry. Tapestry. Just keep threading the fabric. Just keep putting the needle through the fabric. Keep tying those ugly knots. Keep saying, I'm tying the knot. I'm hanging in here, Pastor. I'm working for the Lord. I'm doing what I need to do. Life is not easy. But life is not final. There's a heaven waiting for the saved, I know. If it costs much money, the song said, I couldn't afford to go. But whosoever will is welcome, you see. So I've got a feeling it might as well be me. It might as well be me to walk on streets of gold, to live in that city and never grow old to inherit a mansion for the pure and the free. Hey, I got a feeling. It might as well be me. Anybody here want to go to heaven? Anybody here want to go to heaven? Why don't we just, why don't we just decide today, hey, 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 nothing's going to turn me around. Come on. Nothing's going to slow me down. Nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going to inhibit me. Nothing's going to batter me. Nothing's going to push me down. Nothing's going to hold me back. Nothing's going to confine me. Nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going to say that's enough. Nothing's going to buffet me. I'm going to heaven. I'm going. I'm going. We're going to do something here today. We did it in the first show. We're going to, I, need, I need to pray singers to come. As many that sung, could you come back and help me this morning a little bit? Musicians, we're going to sing a little bit. I'm through preaching. I'm done. Can we have some people up here? Amen. When I get all the singers up here and the musicians and the bongo players and the drummers and the guitar players, I'm going to get them all up here. Come on. Come on, guys. Come on. Amen. I may have to sing a part today. Boy, I enjoy that. Randy never lets me sing, but I'm going to sing today because he's got to have me today. I don't ever ask to sing. Randy let me sing every Sunday. I'm just messing with him. Amen. Come on. Come on, come on, buddy. Thank you, Brother Richard. Thank you. Amen. I want us to sing this song. We, we sung a song in praise called Healer. Healer. 
And when we're going to sing it again here in just a minute. And we're going to stand to our feet when we sing this song. And we're going to thank him for being our healer. Not for being healed, but just being our healer. Are you with me? Because a lot of people can't worship him until they're healed. But a lot of us have infirmities we'd like to be delivered from. But we're going to praise him in our infirmities today. We're going to praise him in our sickness today. We're going to praise him in our problems today. Because when people can praise him in their problems, when people can love him in their problems, I promise you, God goes home. Jesus Christ goes home with praisers. I can promise you that. Jairus came with a dead daughter and worshiped the Lord. And when he turned to leave, Jesus followed him home. You hear me? When you worship God, no matter what's happening in your home, no matter what's happening in your family, when you praise Him anyhow, when you praise Him anyhow, when you magnify Him anyhow, He'll go home with you. He'll help you with your dilemma. Let's sing it, Brother Randy. Let's sing it. Praise Him. Let's sing it. Come on. I believe. I believe. Stand up. You're Sing it, guys. Sing it, sing it, sing it. Sing it, sing it, sing it, sing it now, yeah. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening.